you're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your co-hosts, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 109 of Sticks in the Six, brought to you by Indie Ale House. I'm your host, Andrew Forbes, and Guys, we're going to try and get this going. I've had a few uh, cutouts here with the uh, the old uh, Rogers internet, so we're going to see if we can keep it going tonight. But uh, Thanks, before... Rogers. Yeah, thanks, Rogers. I'm not a huge Rogers fan, never have been. I don't like conglomerate, <laughs> so there you go. Consumerism. I'd be um, shocked if anybody in this country was a self-proclaimed fan of either of the big media monopolies, whether it's Bell or Rogers. Like, yeah, true, true. Saying, oh, I'm, I love Bell Media, man. Oh, Rogers is <laughs> no. the best. No yes. one said Cut no one ever. Fifty percent of their employees are saying it right now because they're getting the paycheck from. <laughs> and I say that as an employee of Bell Media. So. Um. Anyways, gentlemen. Um. Before we get into all the hockey talk, Alex, you look refreshed. You look like you had a great time down in Jacksonville. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it was it was an amazing time, boys. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because I know we got a lot of stuff to talk about that's not related to my Florida trip. But um, I'll tell you right now, best NF- best sports game I've ever been to in my life. Um, never been to a game with such high stakes before. And, of course, the way they won it, the big uh, fumble return touchdown with two minutes left in the game to essentially win it. I hugged so many strangers that night. We were tailgating from like from like 3 o'clock until – until well i mean obviously until the game started at eight but then we kept going on the inside and then we went to this we went to this little dive bar afterwards where people were like smoking cigarettes inside and stuff like that and it was it was like right out of the 90s it was just one of those places that clearly didn't evolve with time um but yeah it was it was real nice you know it wasn't it wasn't like smoldering hot over there so there wasn't really much of like a big a big culture shock going from the cold and the snowstorms to dead of dead of summer temperatures it was just warm enough to walk around in a t-shirt and shorts and you know i it was also good for nostalgia purposes for me too because you know obviously the reason i may have said this last time the reason i'm a jaguars fan is because my family used to go to jacksonville on vacation every year up until i was 10 years old so i hadn't been to jacksonville since i was 10 and um you know it was nice to kind of go back and hit up some of the spots that we uh um that we used to back in the day and overall yeah just a Super nice trip. We had a nice hotel room. We um uh just got to got to check out all sorts of fun stuff and spent some time on the beach. It was a, it was a great time overall. And the Jags are going to the playoffs, so that's that's really the the uh, icing on the cake to this whole story. There you go. You put that futures down on the Jags to win the Super Bowl yet, or what? <laughs> no, not yet. I I don't know, man. If they if they weren't sharing a conference with the with the Chiefs, then I, I might. But I'm I'm not feeling too great about their odds <laughs> against the Chiefs. So, um, well, <laughs> who knows though? Maybe we'll see how they do in this uh, wild card game against the Chargers. I think I got a good chance in that one. So yeah, no, I I like their chances in that one for sure, for sure. Um, uh, Peter, how you doing, buddy? How's your week been? Doing great. I can't say the same about NFL playoffs because the Patriots are out and I kind of expected that from the beginning. I actually I was kind of shocked that they were in the wild card race for as long as they were, but of course, you know, bad plays got the best of them. Uh doing good. Um I as you know, during our little chats, you know, I, I finally made the transition, boys. Um, instead of using an old school iPod 
wired headphones. I'm go. I'm I'm being a tech geek right now. I'm going AirPods. I'm going music on my phone. I'm doing the whole you know modern day you know tech whatever you want to call it. I'm 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 up to date with everything right now. Honestly, the AirPods are probably the best investment I've ever made right now. Um, Andrew, I know I t- I messaged you. I'm just like it was the sound is perfect. I don't know what I was waiting on. I thought it was like, oh, these are dumb. And then all my friends are saying, you gotta get them. You gotta get them. Finally, I caved. Got it. Music's all in one spot. It's it's the perfect thing. And also after the story, inventing and rage from my holiday uh fiasco with travel and everything, relaxed, back in the groove with everything. Um. Obviously, you can't do much because of the whole weather thing. But you know what? It's past me. I can laugh about it now instead of crying at night. But uh, I'm all good, boys. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, gentlemen, as before we get into the, uh, the the Leaf talk and the hockey talk, obviously off the top of the show, big announcement. We have joined the uh, Variety Sports Podcast Network as one of their few hockey shows actually a lot of football a lot of basketball it's a lot of it's it's out of st louis uh missouri so a lot of uh a lot of uh as i mentioned football and and uh they're kind of focused on that but they're definitely building and it's it's an up-and-coming uh sports podcast network so we're glad to join that as well um and and hopefully there's big things in 2023 obviously the three of us are always looking to grow this this uh beautiful show of ours and uh that's one way we're going to try and do it um another quick announcement we have a big big announcement hopefully coming next week once we get it all cemented and and uh you know sure things up a little bit we'll be able to announce that as well but it's it's easily one of our biggest in in a while so i'm excited about that i know you boys are excited about that as well uh but with that said before we get into marley's and leafs talk guys I want to bring something up to you. So Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers. Now we have mocked Edmonton fans all season long, uh, probably even into last year when they signed Hyman to that massive deal. Um, Hyman's kind of shoving it down our throats with 20 goals this year, but regardless, um, Stuart Skinner, birth of his first son left the team is going to miss the next two to three games. Okay. Um, There's an Oilers fan who went on Twitter and basically called this guy out for leaving the team to go see the the birth of his first child. And obviously I got involved in that. A former NHLer jumped in on, on the conversation as well. And uh, I just basically said like, you know, it's, would you leave your job at Walmart from stocking shelves to go see the birth of your, your kid? Obviously the answer is yes. So at the same time, Stuart Skinner, yes, you're in a playoff race. Um, but it's the first first child. Like I I don't get where the common sense is here from from Edmonton Oilers fans. I know it's not. I can't generalize and say it's everybody, but I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that real quick because it just for me it blew my mind that somebody would even be that that self centered, self centered, and and I I, I it, it's mind numbing to see that kind of shit on on Twitter. I'd like yeah. to say it's mind numbing, but it's really par for the course for just about anything that you see on Twitter. Twitter is like every every time I open that app, I just think about how much more and more of a cesspool it is. And you know what? I, I I'm not gonna even expand further than that. That guy was <laughs> that guy was a clown. But I can't say I can't say there were many other uh, or I can't say there aren't there there aren't that many other people who would have that take because I know there are all those bots with like ten followers. I, I guarantee you there are a bunch of people who would who have the same thought as him, but they're not saying it because they know they're going to get dragged for it. <clears throat> get roasted, yeah. 
Peter, you have any thoughts on it? <laughs> no, not really. Like, yeah, that, I, that, I, that is, it's we're not even like what <laughs> ten days into twenty twenty three, and Jesus, man, the stupidity is real right now. I was talking, I was telling Alex off the air right now. Like the stupidity right now is just unbelievable with people. And hearing that right now, you're getting mad over a guy who's going to witness the birth of his firstborn kid. Come on, like. Get your priorities in order. If you want to be mad at something, be mad about how bad the Oilers' defense and goaltending situation is. Not at a guy who's going and you know welcoming like his firstborn kid into the world. Like, come on! Dude, I was just like, gonna, I was just what, gonna what, say what you... like the funniest part about all this is just the how quickly of a fall from grace Oilers fans have had with Jack Campbell from shoving it down our throats all summer. Oh, we signed the final piece to our core, the final doing piece a massive panic mode cup. right now. And then Andrew, St- or Andrew, sorry, Anthony Stewart calls them, uh, calls them the Vezina winner for this year. That's where it started. And now we're at a point where their fans are trying to get their other goalie to skip the birth of his firstborn so that they don't have to see Campbell play. <laughs> like, that's- oh God. <laughs> Like, man, uh, sometimes you just... can't help but laugh at the trajectory of hockey Twitter when it when it comes to stuff like that. I'm laughing because I got to bring up one more one more Twitter piece that I saw when oh, you God. when you mentioned how much of a cesspool <laughs> Twitter is right now. Wait, a guy a guy chirped uh, Craig Simpson about Jamie oh, Soleil's no. uh, takes, <laughs> and basically said like your wife says this blah blah blah, and and Craig Simpson comes back and says my ex wife and her views are her own. <laughs> Man, oh. I feel I feel so bad for Craig Simpson because people continually drag him into whatever that whatever bullshit his ex-wife posts. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. the first time that's happened. Like someone uh I forget, she was she she made a comment similar to something about anti-vaccines or something stupid back in like 2021. And someone tagged Craig Simpson and then said, Oh, are you gonna hold your wife accountable for these takes? And he quotes it and says, We've been separated for a year. Sorry, this isn't my problem anymore, basically. <laughs> just keeps getting dragged into it it's like uh, yeah Un- unbelievable guy. unbelievable how she leached onto one uh one former nhl and then leached onto theon flurry after so um i guess we're and- also going to skip over the fact that you know the canada u.s semifinal game how some people do not know international rules differ from nhl don't even get me started on yeah. that. I, yep. <laughs> I went I went on an absolute bender. I read through the double IHF rule book to uh, to actually it... like defend my case on some of those. And that's actually that's actually where where me and, and uh Murph got into it. So I'll uh, I'll leave it for that. But should have seen my comment section too. And even and I you know who I feel bad for with that? Mike McKenna. People mm-hmm. are calling him out and saying him, take off your Canadian goggles off or whatever. And he's just like, I'm an American and I'm a goalie. Like, <laughs> like, oh. like, you're going to argue with a former like AHL or slash NHL goaltender about goalie interference and the difference between each level. Like, yeah. get, come, on. come on, come on. Rules are rules. You can say how much you disagree with it, but they're the rules. Suck it up. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyways. Gentlemen, let's get to Marley's and Leafs yes. talk. Um, let's get to some good stuff. Joseph Wall, I know goaltending has been an issue or a, co- a topic of conversation for for the, the Leafs organization for some time. Obviously, this year we've seen the good and the bad from both Samsonov and uh, and Murray, but uh, they seem to be trending back towards the better half of, of what we've seen so far this season. Joseph Wall, we got a little glimpse of him last season. He started the year injured this year. Um, off to a great start since coming back. Eight straight wins for the Marlies and really, really playing well. 
Um, Peter, I'll throw it to you first. What are your thoughts on Joseph Wall? And he is he a candidate where maybe they could see a guy like Eric Schalgren walk to open up a roster spot going into the deadline? Absolutely. I mean, listen, Eric Schalgren came in. He did a, a, he did a great job with the Maple Leafs and like holding his own, you know, Sent, like because they were de- dealing with a terrible or a tough situation with both goalies injured and he was getting most of the starts and yeah he looked shaky at times but he also won us some key games even last year didn't quite have it but looked much better than Peter Mrazek um obviously concerns with Joseph Wall and his health how that was a major issue throughout his whole entire career and the fact that he missed most of the season you kind of got the feeling that you know are we going to see ever see him again well good news Eight straight games, eight wins, and the fact that his stats are absolutely phenomenal during that stretch. He's had a he's had only a goals against average over three, three or over three times. Five were three and below, which is fantastic. And even so, a save percentage. Um, I believe I count six games out of the eight are nine hundred and above. Only two games where it was eight. One was 864, the other's 871. We talk about how the goaltending needs to be a little bit more stable, especially in the minors, how the Maple Leafs don't have a lot of goaltending prospects. But now he's starting to find that rhythm, find that groove. And the big thing for him is just staying healthy. We know how great of a goaltender he is throughout his collegiate career and even the early steps uh, when he came into the AHL. It's just he's dealt a bad hand. The fact that now he's starting to show that glimpse of maybe things are starting to turn around is great because now you got him back into the fold. You have uh, Amir, uh, Amir Akhtayamov. You have Vyacheslav Paxa. You have Dennis Hildeby, uh playing really great hockey in their respective leagues right now. So you know what? Um, yeah, it's just great depth at this point right now. And having Wall back into that mix as, you know, one of our top goaltending prospects is great to see because, you know, the same can't be said for Ian Scott, how he had to retire early and how much promise he had. But the fact that we now have four, we're back at four solid goaltending prospects as opposed to three, it's a great sign. And, you know, the fact that he's chasing history, trying to go for nine straight wins is absolutely fantastic. We have to be happy for that and the steps that he's taken to develop his game. On top of that, you got Keith Petrozelli as well, who's not getting enough time yes. in the AHL. So yes. that's that's the conversation around Shalgren is if if they can let him walk, then you've got Petrozelli who can come in and have some have some time at the A as well. But um, Alex, also your I just want to clarify before yep. you go, it, it's Arthur Aktiyamov. I don't know why I said Amir. I don't understand why, but it's Arthur Aktiyamov. There we go. I'm not Little... sitting here criticizing your yeah. your uh, pronunciation of names <laughs> or or your miss mispronunciation of names for that matter but alex your uh your thoughts on um joseph wall obviously off to a hot start since coming back from injury yeah i mean it's it's good to see going back to last season um you know he had he had his starts here and there he looked shaky here and there but he also got a shutout his first career shutout last year and he's a guy that i remember when the leafs drafted him they really like we say that they don't have much of a, a crop of goalie prospects like where they have they've struggled with that in the past that era from like 2014 to 2016 was the epitome of that they had nobody so joseph wall was the first one to really join that crop and i'm i'm, I'm honestly like i'm not saying this as a disrespect or a slight to him but i'm kind of shocked that he's still in the mix and he's still with the leafs organization and he's still you know very much a candidate to be called up and 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 uh 
provide insurance in case one of the Leafs goalies gets injured. But, you know, he's, he's stayed bored. He's, he's treaded water. He's sort of slowly worked his way up and yeah, we're seeing it now. He's what he's capable of. And if it gets to the point and God forbid it does where one of Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov goes down with an injury again, you'd have to imagine they're going to give wall a look this time instead of Shogren. And that's, you know, Shogren for the, for what it's worth, I don't think he played as bad as his stats show this year. I think, and I think that's been a trend with him a lot since he got to Toronto. He doesn't really ever look as bad as his stats. You know, he, he's got, he always got the 800 save percentage and the goals against average above three, but a lot of the time it's, it's a slippery slope. He does have his bad goals here and there, but um, I think the Leafs have seen enough from Shogren this year. I think they got to work on getting his confidence back and sort of get him into a, into a rhythm in the AHL. So if it comes to that point, I'd like to see Wall get a call up again and just see see if maybe he can go on a run a little bit. But obviously, we're not going to talk about that right now because both Leaf goalies are healthy, and uh, we don't know how much longer that's going to last. So, well, hopefully, it's going to last a lot longer than we want it to. But uh, we know the history of the Leafs, and we know the history of of their goaltenders, and and uh, obviously, being where we are right now, midway through the season, the the expectation is we probably will see another injury at some point. So hopefully at that point, we will see wall come up and I'm with you, Alex. I'm, I'm a little surprised that he's still in the mix, but at the same time, I think it's a testament to the organization to say like, Hey, you know, we picked this guy, we're going to stick with him. We see, we see the potential that he's got. And I think he's now rewarding it as well. So, you know, a little bit of loyalty. Um, it's gone a long way in terms of, you know, boosting his confidence. But on top of that, you know, we always talk about how goaltenders actually develop a little bit later than than skaters, and I think Joseph Wall is a perfect example of of a of a guy that may be may fall into that category. So, um, I, I love it. I love to see the success that he's having, and and hopefully he does get an opportunity in the in the big leagues as well, and and we can see that same success kind of translate to that level as well. But another guy that we talked about early in the uh, the preseason was Bobby McMahon. And he's a guy that we we discussed about, you know, possibly making a jump to the NHL at some point this season. Well, he got his call up. Um, Austin Matthews obviously didn't practice today. There's a lot of speculation as to whether or not he's going to play tomorrow um, or if he's just going to have a maintenance day. If, in fact, he does miss the game, Bobby McMahon is slotted to, uh, to, to jump into the lineup. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, this guy's done everything he's been asked to and he's deserving of it. And... Uh, Alex, I'll throw it to you first, but Bobby McMahon in 17 games this season with the AHL Marlies, eight goals, 15 points. So what are your thoughts on Bobby McMahon coming up? Yeah, I think he's a guy who could be a lot of fun on the fourth line. Um, I obviously won't be expecting him to jump in and, and instantly be that kind of guy that can, that, that can score goals night in, not, not night in night out, but I'm not going to expect him to, you know, show up and make that fourth line, one of their offensive weapons. But at the same time, um, he's a guy who I think can score for a fourth line that hasn't, doesn't really do a lot of scoring. And that's not a slight to the least fourth line right now. I think Aston Reese has been fine in his role. Um, I think Pontus Holmberg, you know, he's been producing about as well as we could ask for. And, um, obviously Dryden Hunt doesn't really have much of a sample size there, but either way, that fourth line doesn't score a lot. So I think he could give that line a nice boost. And I like the fact that you've got the nice, you've got the combination of size, speed, physicality, and goal scoring. Like that is just about everything that you want. And if, if you were to like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're making a character in a game and you can customize them however you want, like that is, that is your prototypical fourth liner right there. A guy who checks all those boxes off and whether or not he can translate it to the NHL, who knows, but um, 
I like that. Uh, I, I like that he's potentially going to be getting an opportunity. Hopefully, even if Matthews is ready, I wouldn't mind seeing someone else sit a game just to, just to get him into the lineup and see what he can bring. Because who knows? Pontus Holmberg worked his way onto the team. If Bobby McMahon shows up and 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 plays his heart out and does what he can do and makes a positive impact, who knows? Maybe the Leafs will be in a position where they got to keep him on the team as well. Because you got to remember, this guy's not a rookie. He's twenty. Well, he is a rookie, but he's twenty six years old. Like we're not talking about a guy who's twenty years old and. You know, it doesn't really, he's still learning the ins and outs of the league and stuff. And we don't know what his, you know, he's got lots of work to do development wise. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what he can make of the opportunity. And uh, I was saying earlier today on Twitter, it's been far too long since the Leafs had a guy named Bobby on their team. I think it's just, I think, I, I think it's long overdue having a, having a, having a Bobby back there. Maybe that's the reason they haven't gotten out of the first round in so long. There, there you go. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on Bobby McMahon? I know you're high on this kid, uh, him coming up, and and uh, I can call him a kid. He's, he's younger than me. So, uh, But your thoughts on Bobby McMahon possibly making his debut tomorrow for the Leafs? Yeah, it's huge. And uh, I'm, I, I'm not to, like, you know, toot my own horn, but, like, back in July 24 or July 24th, there were four Marlies who could grab a spot in the Maple Leafs roster. Obviously, I talk about Alex Stees, Pontus Holmberg. We're seeing great uh, play from him. But the third player I mentioned was, take a guess, Bobby McMahon. And I'm absolutely thrilled that he's getting this opportunity right now. He's done everything possible at the AHL level, getting that opportunity. Um, you know, he started off uh, in, like he went from the NCAA, ECHL, AHL, going back and forth. And now he's back at the NHL or back at, or not back in the NHL, but he's at the NHL level right now. And these are the journey, like the journeyman stories that you want to see and you want to root for, because as Alex mentioned, he, ha he brings a lot to the table that could benefit the bottom six right now. Um, you know, and the fact that, you know, he has, he set the Marley rookie goal scoring record with 24 goals last season. He already, he, he's just under a point per game right now. And he misquited some significant time this season with injuries and the fact that he's getting the chance to play in the NHL is big. Um, I, you know, Alex talked about like his overall skill set or whatever, but the thing that stands out to me, no matter what he, no matter what shift it is, no matter what, what line he's on, he's always getting, not just giving a hundred percent, he's giving 110%, the work ethic, the attitude that he has, it's just absolutely great to see him. The fact that he has this mindset is going to go well for this Maple Leafs team because they have this sort of newfound mentality this season that McMahon can contribute to that. And similar to Pontus Holberg, I'm not saying that he like a roster spot is set in stone for him, but what if he does dress in this game against uh, the Predators or even in back to back? I believe they play against the Red Wings again. Um, what if he excels in one game? then gets in the two, gets in the three, four, five. He excels at the NHL level, and he's just too good to send back down. You know, you, you got another, just like on defense, you got a log jam at the four position. Who comes out? Who gets to play? It's going to be a really tough situation, and I don't envy Sheldon Keefe right now, but if, he, if McMahon plays well, it's definitely going to be a great sign for him and the team because he's got a lot of energy and a lot of, you know, a, a a hard or a great mentality when it comes to playing the game. And I think that's what they need right now. I think the biggest thing is getting a taste of what he, what you have in him, because in, in that sense, it gives you options right now. Mm -hmm. um, you're going into the deadline. 
obviously your contract situations at the end of the season and going into the following season, you want to kind of see what you've got developmentally wise, like developmental wise. The Leafs right now are seeing progress in how they've developed their, their farm system. Um, we see a guy like Pierre Engvall who's come up and he's played well and he's, you know, I hate to say it, but he's, he's actually looked half decent over the last, you know, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a guy like Pontus Holmberg come up and, and, and he's developed in the, in the AHL. He's played well. Um, you're even, even we go back to Joseph wall for a sec and you're seeing that the fact that they've developed this kid and he's playing well, you're starting to see more guys, Timothy Lilligren, a perfect example of how they developed a player and got him to where he needs to be to make, make an impact in at the NHL level. Um, and, and this is nor here nor there, but I do believe that, you know, Timothy Lilligren should be on the first pairing with, with the injury to TJ Brody, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, the fact is the developmental stage of the Leafs organization right now is, is at a spot where you want it to be. And, and mm-hmm. you need to see what you have in Bobby McMahon so you can make moves based on what you have within your organization. So if he does come up and he does play well, and all of a sudden now maybe Pierre Engvall is somebody that you can trade. Maybe Alex Kerfoot is somebody that you can trade because you have a similar player, maybe younger, you know, within the organization. I think that's what, what we want to see. And I think it's a perfect opportunity for this kid. Um, and I'm like, Alex, you know, maybe sit a guy for one game and see what you have and, and let this kid play and, and uh, see what happens. But um, I think it's like, like you said, Peter, it's a testament to him. It's a testament to, you know, what the organization's done on a developmental level. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if he takes this opportunity and runs with the same way Holmberg did. Um, before we jump into the leaf, big leaf talk, Hockey is back, and with it, so are the Maple Leafs getting ready for a night out or, of, or sorry, or watching the game at home with the gang. What better way to do it than with a nice cold one from the folks at Indie Ale House in Toronto? With two locations in the city at Italy, Toronto, at Bay and Bloor, the Biroteca location, they have two big screens, amazing authentic Italian food, and loads of beer. Also at OG Brew Pub in the junction at Keel and Dundas with 120 seats, famous bar food, and 12 taps. Indie Ale House is an award-winning brewery featuring their flagship Instigator IPA and dozens of rotating monthly special release beers, perfect for takeout, dine-in, or bottle shop online orders when planning for game night. You can find Instigator IPA and Marco Polo Pilsner at finer LCBOs across the province as well. Hashtag Live Indie is the motto. Adventurous, fun-focused beers with a selection for everyone from a healthy dose of in-your-face hoppy beers for the beer geeks to mainstream pilsners and easy drinking options. Indie Ale House is the go-to for game day. Visit www.indialehouse.com and put your order in today. Well, boys, um, lots to talk about the Leafs. We're going to kind of tie a couple of these to- uh, subjects into one. Milestones, milestones, milestones. Mitch Marner hit 500 points. A uh, couple nights before, Matthews hit 500 points. Two of the fastest, the, the two fastest Maple Leafs ever to reach 500 points. On top of that, Connor Timmins with his first NHL goal. And that was kind of a surprising moment for some of the Leafs as they thought he had previously scored with one of his two previous teams. Uh, but Peter, which one was the most uh, kind of the highlight milestone for you this week and uh, why? 
I mean, the easy answer would be Matthews and Marner setting the record one, two fastest to, you know, 500 points as a Maple Leaf. But I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say Connor Tim is his first goal. I mean, this is absolutely huge, especially for a player that, you know, had a lot of promise as a puck moving two way defender and junior getting drafted, has dealt with injuries, traded from Colorado to Arizona, more injuries. It, it, it just seemed like, you know, it was. I just wanted like a good break for him to happen. Right. Um, we saw him become like, you know, he was averaging like at least an assist per game before. I think he's now at like 11 points and like 12 mm-hmm. games as a Maple Leaf right now. W- what he's doing right now, he's getting that opportunity and he's running. And I-, I say he's running away with it because he's making it difficult for the Maple Leafs to try and get more ice, uh, more ice time in. And the way that he's playing, the way that he's producing, it's hard to try and keep him out of the lineup. 10 points in 12 games. There we go. Um, but the fact that he got his first goal is just absolutely special, especially since, you know, he has kind of that, um, uh, you know, not necessarily chemistry, but he did play under Sheldon Keefe, I believe. I believe it was in the, I don't know, he wasn't, he didn't play for Sheldon Keefe, but uh, he did play for the Sioux Greyhounds. So that's something, but um, it's the Dubas the- connection. It, it is a connection. Dubas connection. There you go. Any suit, any suit player related. It's always going back to Dubas. But you know, having a hard time trying to get into the lineups with not necessarily Colorado, but more so Arizona because of the injuries. You don't know what you're getting with Arizona because they're shuffling around, going through to the, their developmental stage. But with the Maple Leafs right now, they needed him, and the fact that Dubas has him as a long-term player or piece for potentially in the future. You know, getting that opportunity right now, getting that first goal under his belt, it has to feel good for him that he's there's a team that values him right now. And the fact that the Maple Leafs are giving him that chance says a lot. And I can't be more happy for him because that first goal is just going to lead to the second, the third. And we know he's more of a playmaker. We've seen the passes that he's made, uh, you know, the stretch passes, breakouts, you name it, quick take the tapes. He's very fantastic with that, but he's been shooting the puck a lot more, more so than some of the other defenders on the Maple Leafs and they need goals. And if Connor Timmons could give them a few more from the point, that's going to be a huge bonus. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing was the reaction on Leaf Twitter when uh, they sat Timmons that one game. Um, and and it was like, he, he's been with the organization forever and everyone was pissed off that he was sitting but it just kind of shows you what he's done for this organization since coming mm-hmm. over the impact that he's had, the, obviously the production that he's had. Um, but Alex, your thoughts on those milestones, what's your, what's your favorite one of the week and uh, why? Um, would it be a boring answer if I jumped right back into Timmons as well? Because, you know, to be completely honest, nah. as, as awesome as Austin Matthews is and as awesome as Mitch Marner are is, you know, Every single time those guys do something and and we sit here and talk about it, I feel like it's just a rinse and repeat of the same thing. Oh, they're We're amazing! Used to it. They're amazing players. It's great to see them doing all this in Toronto. Um, you know, hopefully they can bring it to the playoffs and add some playoff success, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Connor Timmons, I can't, I just can't get over how better, how much better that trade looks every single day. Like, I'm not going to sit here and claim absolute eternal victory on this deal because it's only been six weeks. Who knows? You know, crazier things have happened in Leafland. Maybe Curtis Douglas turns into the next of Genny Malkin and Timmons fizzles out after this year. Who knows? But as it stands right now, Kyle Dubas quite literally plucked a former first round pick, six foot two right handed defenseman with solid two way skills and apparently some real good offensive skills as well. 
for a guy who's got four points in 14 AHL games this year. I mean, I just wrote an article on this as well. The Leafs have a really good problem in front of them because they've got seven fully able NHL defensemen. And it's at the point where I'm sorry, I don't think Connor, I don't think Connor Timmons deserves to be the go-to guy to sit anymore. I think he's made a legitimate case to be in the lineup every single night. And I wouldn't be saying that if he was this rookie defenseman who had a, who got off to a hot start, but still had his shortcomings. Like this guy is good at both ends of the ice. And he's at the point where he's producing at almost a point per game. And he's, he's making something happen offensively every time he's on the ice. So, you know, at what point do you, do, do you separate the, Oh, this is a guy that doesn't have a lot of NHL experience from the, this is a guy who is really producing right now and really helping this team out. You know, I'm not going to pretend like taking him out of the lineup was the reason for this, but in the three games without him, they went one, one, and one. He, you know, he comes back into the lineup instantly. He puts up what what was it? His first goal, and then he had an assist as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, you know, I think at this point, until he proves otherwise, he has earned a spot on the defensive court. And my article was about how if you're gonna try and get him into the lineup, the answer could be right in front of them. Mark Giordano kind of looked a little slow, a little behind the play a couple times in those in the in these past few games and that's not a knock, a knock on Giordano at all because this guy has taken on so much extra work and he's done so much more than what would have been asked for a guy making the salary that he is but he's been a rock this year and it seems like in the past couple of games there, there's been some signs of fatigue and maybe maybe just a little bit of burnout and you know what maybe that's a completely wrong evaluation from a guy sitting here watching the games from his living room couch but at the same time, you know, I think that one of the most important things the Leaf could do is keep Mark Giordano healthy and try and make sure that he's as fresh as possible going into the playoffs. And what better way to, or what better reason to do that besides having him good for the playoffs than by giving the ice time to a guy who's producing and who is making a good case to be in the lineup. And I'm not saying bench Jordan will make him the seventh defenseman full time. But I think you can get into a little bit of a load management cycle here where, you know, give Gio a game off every now and then hell even maybe even give Justin Hall a game off every now and then and keep Timmons in the regular rotation. I don't think he should be missing more than one game at a time at this point, because, um, you know, assuming that the Leafs can re-sign him after this year, which shouldn't be too hard to do because of his lack of experience in the NHL. I think there's a spot for him to take over for Justin Hall after next year in that top four. And, you know, I, I, so you can get away with not playing him every night this year, but at the same time, I would still be trying to get him into the lineup as much as possible just to keep him because he well, not even to keep him fresh, just because he's been, he's been producing, he's been helping the team. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. And that brings up another point as well, too, because I, I do think like if you can get a guy like Timmons in the lineup on a regular basis, and I think he's proved that he can, play at both ends of the ice as well it, it really raises the question on on who's maybe expendable when it comes to the trade deadline and and the Leafs have options but I'm not going to go for the hat trick here I, I I do think a first is always better than a 500th um, especially in a moment like that um, that being said um, you know the fact that these two guys are the fastest two to, to 500 points the fact that these two guys are you know 12 and 13 on the NA on the Leafs all-time points list. Um, you know, just 450 games into their careers. That says something about how special these two players are. Um, 
you know, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, obviously tied at 504 points uh, over their careers. Next up, 16 points back of the legendary Thomas Caverlay. Um, you know, and and Rick Vives not out of reach either. He's at 537. And these guys are in the top 10 of, of Leafs all-time scoring. And you're talking about a team that's been around for 105 years. So, I mean, to, to be able to do that and to be able to do it as quickly as you as you did, I know, I think it was Craig Button left Matthews off his generational talent list, um, which was surprising to me because I know the reaction of Leafs Nation when they got that first overall pick and they knew Austin Matthews was going to be that guy. To me, he's generational. To me, a guy that can score 60 goals like that is generational. Um, a guy that can put up 500 points in – 448 games um you know that's it, it's just unbelievable what he's been able to do over his career and i think that's you know a testament to the player that he is so i'm going to go with matthews and marner kind of combined uh what they've done uh over their careers and that kind of shoots us over to the all-star game and i know a lot of us are like john tortorella and we don't give a fuck about the nhl all-star game that being said mitch marner goes to the all-star game William Nylander, Austin Matthews, John Tavares all left off because every NHL team needs to be represented at the NHL All-Star Game. Even if you play for the Chicago Blackhawks, who have 24 points in 40-something games. So, with that in mind, Alex, your thoughts on Marner's nod, obviously getting to go to the All-Star Game, and Nylander being a uh, uh, a snub, in, in my opinion. I'll keep it simple. And I think you know what I'm going to say. Congrats to Mitch Marner. Cool opportunity for him. William Nylander, eh, whatever. Doubt he gives a shit. As for everybody else, who gives a fuck? Who gives a single fuck about the All-Star game? I'm, and you know what? I'm not going to take it the joy away from anyone else. If you like the All-Star game, that's great. Enjoy the game. I don't care about it at all. I think the peak of the all-star game was back in like 2011 when they did the player fantasy drafts and the captains drafted their own teams. And then the mm -hmm. loser got a car or whatever it was. Phil, Ke Phil, Kessel. Phil Kessel got the Honda Civic or whatever. <laughs> free car's a free car. I'd take that. Yeah, hey, I'll, absolutely. I'll take, I'll take a minivan right now. <laughs> in fact, I actually felt worse for Paul Stastny because he was the second last pick in that draft and he didn't get anything. So, um, Yeah, Ugh. I don't know. I don't care about the all-star game, you know. I, I'd rather the Leafs keep their players as fresh as possible. It's it, it's it, it really means nothing at this point. I'm not trying to shit on anyone's parade because I know there are some people out there who do care about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to tune into it, tune in for it, to be honest. So that's uh, I guess we'll leave it there. Well, I heard they could be uh, shooting pucks at dolphins off the beach, so I might tune in for that one. But uh, I know Peto will be against that that activity. Oh, so, um, <laughs> Peter. Your thoughts on the All-Star game, on Marner being named to the team, and thought, William Nylander snub. I thought you were pulling a Peter Griffin there and just calling Peter PETA. No, 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 no. I think PETA will have a problem with that. PETA no. Griffin. Uh, <laughs> okay, Lois. Um, uh, yeah, what, what was the question? Oh, yeah, same question. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean – Mitch deserves it. I mean, he's a he's a face of the uh, one of the faces of the franchise, top player in the league. Great for him, but at the same time, you know, Nylander is putting putting up like another career best season, eighty seven points. He's looking to surpass last season's total and on pace for forty three goals again. 
I'm, I, I'm in the same boat as Alex. Like, I would like to see Melander get the chance because he is in this opportunity or in this realm of not just being a flyer or in Matthews and Marner's shadow. He is an elite level player right now as a winger. Um, the fact that we're seeing more consistency from him and even Sheldon Keefe is trying him out at center where he's like, we're not seeing those like, you know, moments in his game where it's just like you want to try and push him a little bit more. He's pushing himself. Um, you know, I, I, I again, I'm not going to disregard Mitch Marner's nod because he deserves it. But at the same time, I just hate the whole entire rule of how like one player needs to get in because there are players on other teams that shouldn't deserve to be an all star. I'm I'm sorry. It's just the way that I feel. Um, I do think that, you know, it 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 would be a great moment for Nylander to get that opportunity. I think he should be there, but at the same time, I really kind of kind of like I, I don't know, I, even like you Forbes and Alex. I I really don't care about the All Star game. I just want to see some new faces that are like high end talent get that opportunity. And the fact that he may not get it after another career season is just a little bit disappointing in my eyes, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I think the, uh, the NHL all-star game lost its validity a long time ago. Well, before we started watching it. Um, I, I just think, you know, there's, there's, it's not the all-stars anymore. It's not all-stars. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fan vote. They gave too much power to the fans um, they didn't focus on what the meaning of the all-star was. Um, it's the same as like the Norris trophy, best defenseman always goes to the best offensive defenseman. I think that's a joke in itself as well, but that's a conversation what we'll have another time. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it, it lost its validity that the, and this is no offense to John Scott, but the, the, the second that you saw a guy like John Scott make the all-star game um, and this guy has been sent down to the AHL uh, it just, who cares who cares mm-hmm. you know what Nylander's gonna get the night get a week off and and go and do whatever he wants to do and relax and chill and maybe go back to Sweden and have some time with family who, who like who cares Mitch Marner's gonna go down and you know hang out with some of the boys from around the league and it, it, it's it's gonna be a ginormous party they don't they don't give a shit about the game anymore and if they don't why should we as fans players, yeah players so, are fans too I think that's where everyone's at. And I, I think John Tortorella is just kind of the voice of the people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um, credit to Torts for, for, you know, speaking up and, you know, if he takes a fine from it, he takes a fine from it. But I think, you know, he's, he's just kind of letting everybody know what uh, what's really going on around the league. So um, quick note, obviously TJ Brody injured. It seems to be a rib injury. They're saying he could miss the next three games kind of out indefinitely at this point in time. Um, interesting to note, the Leafs were 10-0-2 without Brody in the lineup this season already. So that, that'll that be it. See where we're at, get a little bit more from Timmons. As I mentioned, I don't like Justin Hall on the top pairing with Riley, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And I did, for for just for reference sake, boys, like I know I've, I've mes- mentioned before, uh, Riley shooting pucks into opposing team shin pads. 34 of his shots have been blocked this year, 34 shots. So um, just, you know, take that for what it is, I guess. Um, it's just, you know, as a defenseman, yeah. your your goal is to get it through to the, the net. And uh, so you have him and Hall on the first pairing. I'm just not overly excited. Um, and that's why we have Connor Timmons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, that said, 
obviously the Leafs have uh, played some bounce back hockey over the last little bit. As I mentioned earlier, the goaltending has bounced back as well. The numbers are great. Um, P- uh, sorry, Alex, you mentioned it on Twitter. Their their save percentages over the last game, each each of their games respectively, uh, well after, over nine forty. You mean after the clock struck midnight? After the clock struck after midnight. The clock that's struck right. Midnight on the Leafs voodoo <clears throat> goalies because apparently now Leaf goalies just always shit the bed in January because it happened once last year. Yes, exactly, exactly. So no shade, no shade there at all. I promise. Yeah. No. It's just um, history repeating itself. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's you know what it's it's almost like everyone's ready to just jump on any kind of like hiccup that this team has. And, uh, you know, obviously we've all been there. We've all kind of had that same expectation, but I think we've kind of sat through and we, we look at the game from a different perspective as well. And and we can see that, you know, it's two players that genuinely care and that this team genuinely believes in. And, uh, you know, obviously for them to turn it around, the Leafs are going to turn it around and, I think it's it's about trying to find that that perfect lineup right now. So with that in mind, Alex, your thoughts on the Leafs turnaround recently and uh, you know, kind of where they're at going into this tough week ahead. Yeah, I mean, when when we talk about a turnaround, I'd mostly look at the depth scoring and how their third line that and I, you know, if for as much as I ride these guys, that third line of Kerfoot, Angle, and Camp has really been stepping it up offensively. More so the first two. Camp hasn't really scored all that much, but um, he wasn't really the one under the microscope anyways. Uh, so I, I look at that as a turnaround, and then obviously Matt Murray and Samsonov both bouncing back with with solid starts after everyone was hitting the panic button on those guys. It's nice to see. Um, I still need to see a little bit of a nice stretch, I think, before I call it a turnaround because they had played some pretty, eh, not, not great hockey. I mean, outside of that game against Colorado, um, there were a couple of games where they were allowing three to five goals a game and kind of had to score their way out of trouble. So I'd like to, I'd like to see a little less of that and a little more of what we saw throughout November, even if it's low scoring, non-eventful games, I just want to see them winning games and playing strong defensively, but it's encouraging to see. And, you know, like we, like we said, all of last season or sorry, all of this off season rather. And like I've been saying all year, the bar is on the floor for the Leafs two goalies heading into January and February and March. It, like I, Remember, I, I think I've mentioned this stat on the show before. From January until March last year, Campbell played 17 games, and he had a save percentage of below 900 in 11 of those 17 games. So, I don't know. I, I think the bar is on the floor. I think as long as these guys cannot be complete dog water um, for the pat for the next couple of months, I think they're going to be just fine. I think. They just they, they they need to be good enough that the Leafs can rely on them making a save when they need it. So um encouraging signs, but I do want to see some more of it. Peter, your thoughts on uh, going into this tough week ahead, goaltending, um, and where the Leafs are at with midway through the season. Well, I don't I, I people are probably gonna jump on me for this. I don't care. Seems like the NHL has it out for the Maple Leafs because they always seem like they have the most back-to-backs each season, but whatever. I guess you got to plan it out somehow, whatever. Um, it just seems like they play more games in that sort of span because now we have back-to-backs uh, Saturday, Sunday. Now we're having back-to-backs again. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Spread them out a little bit more is what I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I, 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 there, there was a little bit cost for concern. I mean... When especially what happened last season and you know how they got up to that great start. But the big thing for me is 
how they're able to get into that mindset and come back. I believe it was Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. He tweeted out how Samsonov in that game against St. Louis, how they need, he needed to be better. And he was sitting in a stall for about 10 minutes before he even answered any questions. Um, and then put in the work before the next game against Detroit. And he looked fantastic. Matt Murray was able to bounce back after that, uh, the thrashing against the Kraken. He could have had a few goals. Then again, defense didn't look great in that game as well. Just like the St. Louis Blues one. And then he comes back with a very solid performance against the Philadelphia Flyers. And everyone's going to say, oh, they're lower seeded teams. Well, this is what you want to see with the team like the Maple Leafs and demolish, not necessarily demolish, but put your best foot forward against lower seeded teams. because. Didn't see that quite a bit with Arizona and Montreal. So might as well just take it with, uh, you know, Philadelphia and Detroit, which is a good sign that they can play against lower seeded competition. But the fact that they were able to get into that mindset, regroup, refocus, and then come back with a better seller performance, that to me is huge. And that's something that we didn't see last season, where it was just straight poor goaltending, poor performances from you know, January till April and even in the playoffs. The fact that we're seeing them jump back into, you know, 900 territory, that's fantastic. And if they're able to continue to do that, that's going to be a huge factor for me. Well, boys, last thing before we kind of, before we shut this show down for the week, um, obviously there was reports that surfaced that Dave Morrison, uh, um, director of player personnel for the Leafs and Kyle Dubas were in Philly to catch the Philly um Yotes game um what was it January 5th so last week um quick hit who do you think they were there to see and why Peter I'll throw it to you first uh well you you wrote a fantastic article about that game Forbes and obviously I'm going to be home and I'm just going to jump straight to the big fish and Jacob Chikrin um you know, considering I have another piece, I have a piece coming out tomorrow or, you know, soon about them going after another left shot defenseman, but you don't know, you don't necessarily, you wanted, they should go for a forward because defense seems to be really solid at this point, how they have like, you know, lowered the amount of shots, goals against, but, you know, they still need a top four kind of player that can play a two-way game and can provide the presence that Jake Muzzin has lost or that they've lost with Jake Muzzin. Um, you know, Chikrin is a left-handed shot. He can't play on the right-hand side, which is good. It gives them both flexibility. So if you want to put in a left-hand shot, he can play on the right-hand side. He is on an absolute tear production-wise. And, you know, considering how teams were reluctant to pay a hefty price at the start of the season because of his injury history, well... It looks like you're going to have to pay up because right now he's playing fantastic hockey. And if you want to go far, and I even talked about this before too, how they don't get enough offense from the defense. He is exactly what you need right now. And you're not getting that. You're getting that from Morgan Riley, but you're not getting the shots through. You're seeing more shots through from Timothy Lilligren, Rasta Sandin, Connor Timmons. And now if you throw in Jacob Chikrin into that mix, you got another powerful shot on that back end that could get the puck on that and not just throwing like, you know, muffins on that. That to me is going to be huge. And he is going to be, he's, I think he's the reason why they were there, but you picked, uh, picked, you know, three other great players as well, but I'm going to pick Chikrin. Alex, you sticking with somebody on my list or are you going off the map here? No. I, okay. Just making sure I, I didn't have my, I did my window open. I was worried I was <laughs> muted again. 
Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not sticking to your list actually, Forbes. I'm going to go off the map just a little bit. I am wondering if the Leafs may be interested in one Scott Lawton. That's a guy that sticks out. Ooh, to me. I like it. This guy like has made it. a. He's had a little bit of a breakout this year. Offense. I mean, it's kind of hard to say that after 37 games, but. He's got 20 points in 37 games this year. He's a center. He's got solid size, 6'1", 190. He can play the wing as well. He's solid defensively, and he's kind of tough as well. He just seems like one of those guys that can bring a little bit of everything. He can bring that energy. He can chip in offensively. I feel like if the – and it's hard to say if the Leafs will go after a guy like this because on one hand, I wonder if they're going to go after a big fish top six winger or – you know, a guy like Jacob Chikrin, like you said, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back into the pool of a guy like this or, um, or hell, someone from someone like Nolachari from, from the blues, a guy that, you know, can, can be doubled up in the, in the top six or the bottom six, a guy you can chip in some offense and a guy who can throw the body and bring energy night in and night out. I think, I think Lawton's a guy that you don't want to be playing against. You'd rather have him on your team. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to him as my guy. I'm gonna go back to my list. I'm gonna say Lawson Kraus, and for this reason, left winger, um, big body, 11th overall pick uh, for for Arizona uh, back in 2015. He's an area guy. He's from Mount Bridges, Ontario. Um, but biggest thing is this season he's having he's he's gonna have a career year. Uh, so long as he can stay healthy, he's got. 14 goals and 22 points in 38 games. His career high was last season, 34 points in 65 games. He's in the seventh season of his career. And I think the Arizona Coyotes sell high on this kid. Um, and I, it, it's it's a deal that the Leafs can get done and stay within their, their cap situation that they're at. So, for me, I, I know I know people are going to say, well, the, you know, Arizona's not going to trade a 25-year-old when, you know, they're looking for young guys to come. They, they have an opportunity to sell high on a guy that's not going to exceed 50 to 60 points in his career. And I think he slots in well with, you know, a line like with Marner and, and JT. He's a big body. He's going to go get the pucks out of the corners. And he can really, really play well on, on that Leafs top six. So um, I, I say Lawson Krause is a guy that they definitely have their eye on. Um, be interesting to see where this goes and, and, and what rumors kind of surface as we get closer to that March 3rd deadline. Um, but with that gentlemen, uh, another, another episode in the books, as I mentioned, we've got a lot coming over the next little while. We'll have a couple announcements, hopefully in the next couple of weeks here. Um, but before we shut it down, anything you guys got, you guys wanted to add. I'm kind of shocked that none of us mentioned Travis connect me in that last discussion. That's a little, a little surprising. That is true. Yeah. Watch that. I think it's, I think it's too, too good to be true though. Too good to be true. Yeah. It seems kind of obvious. Who knows? knows? Yeah. I I, I mean, I'd love it. I think Forbes, I think you got to do what you did with Giordano last year, put out an article about why the Leafs should go after connect me. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. You never know. Right. Like, I, I did put out the Shane right to London and that one just bit me with uh, Windsor <laughs> Windsor coming out of nowhere. But I uh, love how Hunter came out and said, because Oliver Bonk was going to be involved. He flat out said, no way. Look, Oliver Bonk is, is an incredible player though, too. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a, that would have been a give, big give up for, for Shane Wright in one run with Wright and Wright had a no trade clause. So who knows? He could have said like, no, I'm not coming to London. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Right? Would anyone say I'm not going to London though? No, they're getting they're through. getting paid, man. They're getting paid. <laughs> yeah, like you're getting you're you're in, you're living bougie if you're playing. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Uh, no, I don't. I, other than that, that last little quip there, I don't have anything to add. This will be another fun week of hockey. We'll uh, mm-hmm. go Jags. Go Jags. Go. Hope they get a big win against the Chargers. I'll I'll either be depressed or I'll be fired up next week. We'll see. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. Even though my G men are in the in the playoffs, I'm jumping on the Bills wagon. That's three fifty in my pocket if the Bills can <laughs> yes, can make it right. happen. That's so. Right. Let's uh, I'm, I'm sweating this entire playoffs until it's over. So anyways, boys, you, as always, you can follow us all on Twitter, Alex at a hops and media, Peter at P Barrichini and myself at Andrew G Forbes shout out to the variety sports podcast network that we are now a part of very excited to join up. Um, you can follow um, the show on Twitter as well at sticks in the six pod. That's S T I X I N T H E six I X P O D uh, hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, make sure you check us out. We're on iHeartRadio as well and, and really killing it on iHeartRadio. Um, so yeah, check us out there. Otherwise gentlemen, we'll see you next week for episode 110 of the podcast.